Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the show. This is our buys and sells episode. We're going to be talking about who we're looking to acquire for our fantasy teams, who we're looking to move off of our fantasy team going into week five. I'm Faraz. We got Zach here with me. Not a whole lot of news to get into, Zach. Um, So let's just get right into it. Okay. Um, I want to talk about Chris Olave and why we need to be acquiring him right now. Alvin Kamara had 14 targets last week. Is this how the offense wants to run? No. Okay. Uh, Derek Carr probably shouldn't have played with the shoulder injury that he had, but he did play. It resulted in Carr not throwing it deep accurately, and he just ended up checking it down for the whole game. Right? He did attempt to throw deep to Alave, but the passes were inaccurate. Only 33% of Derek Carr's targets to Olave were catchable in week four. And coming into the game, it was 72%. One particular pass on the sideline, he tried to gun it in there, short, hit the ground. The play where Olave beat the corner and the safety deep would have been a touchdown. Just needed a good ball, would have been a 50-yard touchdown. It was short, and Olave had to kind of reach back across the defender in order to try and haul it in, right? So look at the games coming in to week four. Eight for 112 yards, six for 86, eight for 104, 10-plus targets in each game. Elite wide receiver utilization, according to FantasyLife.com. 31% target share, 33% target share, 34% target share in weeks one, two, and three. And then in terms of weighted opportunity, which kind of combines target share and air yards together, coming into week four, he was fourth in the NFL. He was only behind Devonta Adams, Tyreek Hill, and A.J. Brown. All right, He was sitting at ninth coming into week four in expected fantasy points per game. And now he's sitting at wide receiver 32 in actual fantasy points per game okay so but he's a wide receiver one play every week car shoulders getting better it's going to get better the elite utilization will continue to be there and those touchdowns are coming and when it does we're going to be viewing chris olave as an every week fantasy wide receiver one yeah and if you if you ask me you know i think chris olave i think he's knocking on the door if he's not already i like think he's a low-end wide receiver one in terms of the way he's being used. And I've liked what I've seen so far the first three weeks. You know, we talked about the way he's producing. The touchdowns haven't been there. That's only going to help him. We talk about accruing touchdown debt, and there are a couple guys doing that. We saw it with A.J. Brown last week. He cashed in big. And now Chris Olave has to be up as soon as Derek Carr gets healthy again. I mean, if you ask me, like, I take the receiver that's producing on high target share and high yardage without the touchdowns, you know, then a guy that's producing on, you know, five, six targets, catches a game somewhere in there, scoring a touchdown here or there. And that's what's giving him his boom weeks. But he also has weeks where he's not really startable. Like, I don't I would rather have the guy that's more consistent. And it's easy to say now, you know, because Chris Olave, he's looked good these first few weeks. But I expect Chris Olave to not only be as good as he's been the first three weeks, but he's going to be better moving forward once those touchdowns come. So I, I don't think that there's anything to worry about here in terms of his volume. I've been extremely 
impressed. You know, that's what you want to see. And I don't think much has changed for me. Like I have Chris Olave in a couple of leagues and I'm not changing the way I view him off of this one game. Like if you, I don't think it's going to be easy to get him because I think a lot of people are going to recognize that Derek Carr wasn't playing like Derek Carr in this game, but he's only going to get healthier. And I think at this point, if you can go get him, if someone's actually panicking on Chris Olave, you need to take advantage of that every day of the week. And I just think most people aren't viewing Olave as a wide receiver one right now based on what he's done so far. A, yeah. a lot of the trade questions that I've received, it seems like a lot of people are devaluing him, which is part of the reason why I wanted to talk about him uh, you know, today. Because you know, the actual value is a wide receiver one, and, a per- and the perceived value, I think, is of a wide receiver two. So I think there's yeah. a little bit of room here to take advantage of. I, I don't think that's a bad call at all. I think that's 100% true. I mean, I don't think people realize how good a receiver he was last year just because he was his touchdowns, like this, the beginning of this season, they were suppressed. You know, he only had, I think it was four touchdowns last year, but he had a ridiculous yards per outrun number. He definitely, I think he led all rookie receivers last year. Yeah, I think that's right. And good. he's looked every bit like a wide receiver one. It's just he hasn't broken through to get that ceiling yet, but he hasn't been hanging out to dry at all. Like he's been a very solid player in your lineup. You haven't been upset with him in your lineup any week besides this past week. So I, I agree. Go after Chris Olave. He was on my list. But like I said, that idea that I'm not so panicked about him kind of played into me saying, like, I don't know if you're going to be able to get him. But I think that could be a possibility, like especially, like you said, people viewing him as a wide receiver, too. Speaking of NFC South wide receivers, I got another one that you can buy, although this one might not be as much of a screaming buy as like Chris Olave. It's Drake London. Now, I know. There's quarterback trouble in Atlanta. But with London, you want to get ahead of the quarterback change because there's definitely going to be one coming forward in, in the next few weeks. There's going to be enough cautious optimism around Drake London when it happens that whoever has him isn't going to be willing to move him once that happens. You'll make an offer and they'll say, mm, I, I think I want to hold on to him just this one more week, see what Taylor Heineke can do. At that point, you lost. The game's over. <laughs> You're not going to be able to get him for any lower value than he is right now. The fact that the NFC South is competitive only puts more cracks in the thin ice that Desmond Ritter is standing on right now. And there's a chance that we can see Heineke as early as week six. I mean, they're playing the Texans this week, and the Texans have been pretty good on defense. So if Desmond Ritter has another rough showing and the Falcons are still competitive, you know, and they're still competitive in the NFC South, they're not going to wait too long to move to somebody else that's going to give them a chance to compete. So say that QB change happens then. That would give London a responsible decision maker for the most part. I would qualify Taylor Heineke as one of them with matchups against the Commanders and the Titans over a three-week span going into week eight, out to week eight. So out of two, two out of three weeks between week six and eight, they're playing against the Commanders and the Titans who are allowing the seventh and sixth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this year. Now, Taylor Heineke would be a step in the right direction, but he wouldn't solve all the utilization problems London has right now. That's on Arthur Smith. There's no reason John Smith should be getting an 18% target share, but he is. But this is a receiver that's seen between six and eight targets in each of the past three weeks. And if the quality of those targets could climb just a little bit, if Heineke would step in, I mean, he'd be able to return nicely on an investment that should be really cheap right now. Whoever has Drake London probably drafted him with the volume and utilization that he was getting last year in mind with Desmond Ritter. And it hasn't been the case this season. So I think you should definitely step in here. Throw out some offers for Drake London, because if that quarterback change happens, I mean, I think the only way to go from here is up because he hasn't been a startable player, really, besides one week this season. And when you have that type of volatility, I don't think people are going to be very inclined to hold on to them if they get a good offer in a trade. There's even a chance that Drake London 
gets more targets and he's more hyper targeted because the ball is being spread out a little bit more, right? Bijan getting, you know, Bijan's the only player that Desmond Ritter can hit, hit can hit accurately right now. Right. You know, John Smith as well. So for whatever reason, he cannot hit Drake London accurately, consistently, and as often as we'd like, right? So I, I agree. Get ahead of this is going to happen at some point. All right. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. I know you have accounts on all these betting apps. You have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not, and you lose track of where you place certain bets. And it gets confusing. Not anymore. With Better Vision, all your tra- all your bets tracked in one place. And not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. Most of you guys do that anyway. You like a play, you look through all of your apps for the best odds, and you play on that app. Why not have a side-by-side comparison all on one screen within one app, and then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision, and you're good to go. Go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So that's better, B-E-T-T-O-R, Vision in the App Store today. Another high-end RB1 that you can buy, who a lot of people aren't viewing as a high-end RB1 like they do with Christian McCaffrey, like they do with Bijan Robinson, maybe a Kyron Williams, and that's Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is currently third in the NFL in expected fantasy points per game based on his opportunity, only behind Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. Alvin Kamara, is there as well, but that 14 target game skewed things a little bit, right? Especially in PPR. Um, so I don't expect Kamara to be there, you know, up here in this list in a couple of weeks. But only Pollard and McCaffrey are the ones up here who've played more than one game this season, right? So that shows you that those two guys are here to stay when it comes to the opportunity that they're getting. Austin Eckler, 26.4 fantasy points in week one. Christian McCaffrey averaging 30 fantasy points per game. Tony Pollard averaging 16.6 fantasy points per game. Kyron Williams is next up in expected fantasy points, and he's averaging 20.4 fantasy points per game. Okay, so something's got to give with Pollard here. We know the talent is there. He's had to deal with a blowout in week one in which he got pulled early. A blowout this past week in which he got pulled early, only 53% of snaps. But in the two close games against the Jets and the Cardinals in weeks two and three, he's averaging 29 touches. The fact that he's still able to maintain himself as the RB12 on the year, you know, despite all that is pretty impressive. So I, I don't see blowouts on the horizon here coming up. 49ers, Chargers, Rams, Eagles. So if you're looking for that high-end running back who's actually somewhat affordable as of right now, I think Pollard is the guy that you want to aim for. Yeah, and... I'm in a complete agreement here. And it's, again, another situation where I feel like the way we look at Tony Pollard might not be the way other people look at him. I mean, nobody's going to match Christian McCaffrey. Like, comparing Tony Pollard and Christian McCaffrey, or Christian McCaffrey to anybody, for that matter, you know, it's just like, it's an exercise in futility. You're not going to find somebody to match what Christian McCaffrey's doing. So he's off in his own world. He's RB1. But Tony Pollard, in the landscape of running backs, the volume that he's seen has been, besides maybe B. John Robinson and Josh Jacobs, the best of the bunch. Like they use Tony Pollard when he's on the field 100%. You know, like there's no question about the workload that he's going to get. The only thing that's kept him off the field is the game script. Like you mentioned last week, where he only saw just a little over 50% of snaps. 
Deuce Vaughn was taking carries at the start of the fourth quarter. Hunter Lipke, the fullback, was the goal line hammer late in that game. That could have been a Tony Pollard touchdown easily if it was remotely close. But they've used Tony Pollard a lot. And the fact that they're resting him in those games when they're far and away tells you they plan to continue using him a lot. Because why would you put all this excess mileage on your running back if you're going to keep using him that way? It's just going to run him out. So I'm not worried about the usage at all. I think this is a really good call here. If people are worried about Tony Pollard having a quiet week like he did this past week in a game where they were up 30, 38 to 3, and they were up 28 to 3 at halftime, like if people are worried about that, then they deserve to have Tony Pollard taken off their team. You know what I mean? Do that for them. Take them, take him off their hands and assure them that he will be in good hands moving forward. I'm not worried <laughs> about Tony Pollard at all. And it's funny because I have a similar argument for another player on the Cowboys who's also my second buy. And it's not really like I've, I'm, I'm not saying you're gonna be able to buy this guy very easy, but I think it's worth a heat check. I like using that term a lot. Heat check, meaning like the person that has him probably isn't going to be that inclined to move him, but they might be open to it. I want to heat check CD lamb. And it's funny because a lot of what you said about Tony Pollard follows through for CD lamb. I mentioned that the game's coming up. The game script is going to be so much better guys moving forward. These next four games in terms of a fantasy football perspective, these are much tougher matchups. They're not going to be blowouts. I don't think a single one of these could really be a match a matchup where Dallas goes up and stays up. It's not going to happen against the 49ers. Chargers have too much firepower in offense, even though the, the Cowboys defense is good. The Rams are going to have, hopefully, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua on offense um, when they play them. And the Eagles are the Eagles. So you'd be lying if you said you weren't a little disappointed with CeeDee Lamb starts the 2023 season, right? Like he's got just one finish inside the top 10 so far. The rest of the games, he's averaged 12 points per game. Now, he hasn't let anybody down either, but there's a chance that, and there's a chance that you'll be immediately denied when you check on CD Lamb's price, but it's worth a shot given that he's had just four catches in three of his four games this year. Like, we pinned CD Lamb coming into the season as this volume guy, and he hasn't seen that through a couple of weeks. And that might be enough to set some alarms off people's heads and be like, well, wait a minute, why is Jake Ferguson getting seven targets in three of his four games? You know, is he suddenly going to play this larger role? I think it comes down to the game script at that at this point. But when you look at the game script, Lamb has been quiet because the Cowboys haven't been in game scripts where they've needed to pass the ball a lot. And that's about to change, like we just mentioned. His utilization, Lamb, his it doesn't really jump off the stat sheet either right now. Just 23% target share. It's not dominating by any means. Um, that's not anything close to what we saw last season where he was just this guy that was getting the ball force-fed to him pretty much any time they could get it. But that has a chance to change for the better in the future. So I just check with the person in your league who has Lamb, much like you would do with Tony Pollard. See if you can get him at a discount because I think his volume is about to increase and his value is about to explode these next couple of weeks when we start seeing some competitive game scripts. I love it, man. I, I think I think CD is somebody that, you know, it, it is very similar to Pollard, right? Because the game script kind of messed things up. And when you look at this four-game sample that they played, Two of those games were just blowouts, and it's hard to really tell. And then even the Jets game also is a tough one because, you know, they were just running the ball, and they didn't really need to do a whole lot later in that game. So Pollard ended up getting a ton of work. They even had to bring in Dowdle to, you know, run, run a, a ton as well because they were like, well, we already gave 28 carries to Pollard. Like, how many more can we give him? Because they ended up with more than 40 carries. If I'm not mistaken, they had more than 40 running back carries in that game. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> it's it's a situation where uh, – and look what the Patriots did last week. Well, yeah, last week against the Jets, right, where it was a lot of Ramondre and even a lot, a lot more of Zeke as well. So 
you know, it's a situation where teams aren't going to really test the Jets, you know, in the past game, if they don't need to, at least, right? Uh, look right. at Patrick Mahomes, right? Just this past week against the Jets, it, it wasn't there. So there are going to be situations where CD might not come through, but I feel like we kind of like went through a, a rough patch here, and there are definitely greener passers, you know, coming up for sure. Yeah. Oddly um, enough, just one more note here. It's pretty hilarious because CD Lamb had his best game against the Jets. <laughs> That's when he got yeah. his 14 targets. Sure. So the, the sheer number of offensive plays that Dallas ran that week, like you're not going to have a game where Dallas runs twice as many plays as their opponent moving forward. And that was the case right. in that game. And that's why you see Tony Pollard with such a high snap share, such a high opportunity share. And then you also look at CD Lamb. He also had his big game. Like we're going to see more situations um, where they're going to be neutral and it's going to be less plays, maybe higher quality touches where they're not just trying to run the clock out. By the way, guys, if you're following what we're doing over on Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy, you probably know that every Wednesday, Tyler, who used to run the ridiculously successful Fantasy Football 101 account on Instagram, puts out his buy and sell articles along with his trade chart on upperhandfantasy.com. It should help you out, try to figure out some trades if you if you need it um, as a resource. So you can go check that out if you're looking for more context on some deals that you can get done. Okay, the website also has uh, this week's positional and flex rankings, so make sure to go check that out, upperhandfantasy.com. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 